You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Uh, Welcome, Felicia Hunt, uh, to our Divorce Literacy um, interview series. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Absolutely. Um, Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Uh, Just so our our listeners know, Felicia Hunt is a family law professional. She's a litigator uh, doing also mediation and collaborative. Um, Anything else you want to tell us more about your practice and what you do, Felicia? Sure. Thank you. So that's all exactly correct. I have been practicing in the family law divorce space for uh, my entire career, and it's really been a meaningful path for me. My firm, Hassett and George, is a full service firm, so we do have other practice areas. But I think it's important for people to know that I specifically do family law. So when you talk to me, it's family law, whether it's divorce, post judgment matters, or custody matters. Um, that is the space that I practice in. Wonderful. And have you been practicing in collaborative and mediation for for a long period of time? I know that it's taken a little while, especially in the state of Connecticut, to get those um, non-adversarial practices kind of moving forward. What's that been like for you? Yes, I agree with that. I have done mediation and collaborative divorce for nearly 10 years now um, for each of those. And it's a growing area. It's a growing area of interest for me as well. Um, in fact, I am in my second year of my term as a co-president for the uh, Connecticut Collaborative Divorce Group, CCDG. That is one of my primary groups um, that I'm involved in. That's an interdisciplinary group. So that has attorneys, financial professionals, and mental health professionals. And we work together as a team as we process divorce cases entirely outside of the court process. So that's um, an area where we meet, we educate ourselves throughout the year, and we work together um, to to grow that type of practice, that type of divorce, because we believe um, it offers um, a great deal to parties going through the process. So all of those folks that you would bring into a, a divorce, a collaborative divorce process are right there as part of this, this network, this group that you have um, and that you're familiar with and you have working relationships with. That's that's really great. Um, Because because every divorce situation is unique, obviously, you know, some are, I'm sure, very easy and some are very contentious and cause a lot of issues. Um, Anything that you can uh, talk about in regards to that process, someone who's maybe thinking about divorce and what to look out for um, as they start to go down that path? Yeah, it's it's such a good question and a hard question um, because it, it is a hard path. And no matter which process you choose, mediation, collaborative divorce, or litigation, which are the primary categories we have, um, they're all difficult. So my key advice there, or rather, you know, the key thing to focus on is finding someone who communicates well with you. It really comes down to communication. It sounds so simple, but whether it's day-to-day, just information, dates, times, development of your case, are we having a strategy meeting? What information do you need? What information do we need from the other side? And understanding not only you and communicating with you, but how to understand and communicate with the other side, with your 
you know, your partner, your spouse, the other person involved, and the other attorney. So there's a lot of communication on a lot of levels um, that's really important. And I find in my more difficult cases, it's really the lack of communication or poor communication. That's the number one cause of increased cost and increased time that it takes. That's a that's a really valuable piece right there because you know I'm I'm sure in a lot of situations with divorce communication is one of the major issues between the parties themselves so right it's important to have that good communication so there's no no questions that's great thank you so much for that um, <clears throat> I'm sure you have a memorable case or two that you might want to touch on to to kind of show your skills and your practice and and highlight um, something in particular anything that you can think of. For a memorable case, I think that's another hard question. Um, <laughs> yeah. There are many. And um, I think the thing that's coming to mind when you say that is it's really it, it connects directly to what drives me and interests me and fuels me, I guess, to do this practice area, which is really seeing the transformation in my clients. And I see that very often. Um and it's it's rewarding to see that. So I see, and kind of the classic scenario I'm thinking of right now is when it's not just the emotions, you know, the end of a marriage, that's the beginning of every case. That's hard. And that's the emotional side that you see your client go through that journey. But there's also the transformation of learning, the financial literacy, agency in their own life and things that they do that they've never done before in their adult life sometimes or ever sometimes. Um, and then the confidence that you then see in their new beginning. And that's not just me. That's often a financial professional, sometimes a mental health professional involved. Sometimes, you know, parenting professionals are involved. There's a lot of aspects to it. Um, and it can touch in bits and pieces in people's lives. So those are the cases I think of. Those are the cases that are rewarding and memorable to me is when I see my client go through that type of transformation. Um, you mentioned emotion, and I'm sure, especially for somebody that's just starting that process, and I imagine that we're going to get a lot of folks that are watching these videos that are going to be just exploring the process. How do you how do you like to handle all of that emotion that kind of comes up in the beginning? Um, how do you deal with a client or clients that are that are extremely emotional? Yeah, it's it's definitely a difficult part um, of this job. And one of the things, and we talk about this actually in our collaborative group, because when we meet, we have an educational component at every meeting. And part of we talk about that. And we are counselors, you know, and I'm not a mental health professional counselor. I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not going to put myself out that way, but we're a counselor at law. That yeah. is you know, that's what you hear, you know, in the sitcoms with the, the legal dramas is counselors because we are a counselor. We're counseling our clients, not necessarily to treat them in that way, but to guide them to the professional that can help them and also to listen to them. So I think they, I often call myself a filter and and they'll, <laughs> they'll apologize. I'm sorry. I don't know this. I'm sorry. I got emotional. I'm sorry for this. Like, don't apologize to me. Tell me, tell me all those things. And the way I can respond is to say, these are the things that, you know, are going to impact your case and we need to work on in your case. And these are the things that are important, but they're important in a different space. You know, maybe they're important with your therapist or with your child's therapist or with a co-parent counselor. So it's trying to help them organize, you know, those emo emotions and they are valid. 
Absolutely. So I think they need people need to hear that sometimes just because I can't use it in a case doesn't mean it's unimportant. It doesn't mean it's not valid. I just have to help them put it in the right spot. Um, so that's how I, I think I'm helpful in that way because I listen and then see, you know, how can we talk about it and help them move forward to a new place with that. So I love that. I love that. That's great because it is it is a scary process. And for them to have someone to kind of dump on a little bit and yep. then you and you to give them some good information that they can take with them and help them in the decision making process. That's very, very important. Exactly. Um, for somebody that's new and is interested in maybe contacting you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Email, website? How do you like to make contact? Yeah, email and phone calls are equally welcome. Um, you know, someone could go to my website, which is www.hgesq.com, HG for Hassett and George, and you'll see my bios there. There's a link to my email, my phone number's there, and um, I'm responsive with emails. And it, even if you call me and leave a voicemail, I will get back to you within 24 hours, whether we have a call, have a meeting. You know, we can do what's best for you. Generally, people like to come in. I still do have many people who prefer to meet virtually, which is completely fine. Um, so we can accommodate and make sure we connect and see how I can be um, how I can be of help. And do you charge for that initial meeting, that initial consult? Is that something you charge for? We do. We do have okay. a fee for our consultation. Yep. When someone's calling, of course, just to schedule, and sometimes I'll just talk to them to see you know, to see what's going on, you know, that's just connection. So that's not yeah. something, okay. but when they come in and sit down, you know, our firm does have a consultation fee, but um, I do like people to know, I actually think of it more like a strategy meeting. Um, it's, it's a full meeting. I ask questions. We have forms so that we can give them as much information as possible. So when they're leaving, they literally have a folder they'll have, you know, I can't predict the future and guarantee outcomes, sure. but I will give my absolute um, review of their case and kind of tell them um, where I can see things going. What are some issues in your case to, you know, expect? What are some recommendations? You know, and by coming in, I can give recommendations for, you know, based on what you told me, here are some options that would be a good fit for you. So you're providing a lot of value on that first meeting, which is great. Exactly. And and I'm I'm actually a fan of the uh, charging for the initial fee. It's a commitment fee, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people kind of on the fence whether they want to meet or not. With right. that fin financial commitment in that first meeting, I, you know, you're getting more buy-in there. Uh, exactly. As, as far as I'm concerned, there. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, any last-minute thoughts that you want to leave uh, our guests today? Anything you want that that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share? Yeah, I think what I would encourage people to do is to ask questions. When you're meeting with any professional, whether it's an attorney, a financial professional, anyone, ask a lot of questions. You know, that's, I think, I find when people first meet, they're um, hesitant. They're afraid because they don't know what they don't know. And that's okay. That's why we're here. That's, you know, there's a lot of things out there I don't know how to do either, um, but ask the questions and know that, you know, we practice in this family law space because it's meaningful to us. We, you know, we want to help people through. It is a difficult process. And I think 
Yes, it's a difficult process, but we are trained professionals to help you through it and in a meaningful way and in a way to help families. And like we see a future for families. And I think the vast majority of family practitioners, whether it's financial or legal, genuinely feel that way because otherwise we wouldn't be in this field of practice um, because it's it's not easy, but it's important. Um, And we value people's goals. We want to understand where they are and where they want to be. And um, we have experience and training for that. So I want people to feel, you know, let your guard down, ask the questions. There's no questions too big or too small. People say, this is, you know, I don't know. And like, that is okay. Of course you don't know. Um, (laughs) You're not a family law practitioner. Why would you know that? So ask those questions. And I think the process of doing that, some, especially initially when you're thinking about it, talking to different people, it's not just to like get the answer to get the magic answer. This is, you know, I want a prediction. Like that's not all it's about. It's also to see how are you connecting with that person? Are they understanding your goals? Are they understanding that you don't know what your goals are? You know, that sometimes is just, are you um, having a good rapport with that person where you think I can work with this person? They're hearing what I'm saying. They're asking me good questions. So I feel like I'm being heard. And they, I can trust this person. So I think it's hard to do that because you essentially have to let your guard down, but I would encourage people to really try and ask all those questions on your mind. Very good. Thank you so much. Those are those some welcome. great advice you gave. Um, I appreciate you joining us today and taking the time to, to be here. It, it means a lot. Absolutely. So thank you so much. You're welcome. All Thanks right. for having me. You're welcome. All right. Take care, Mark. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.